Welcome to the Marvel DNT Evolution Podcast with myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Strout. And we have welcoming back Martin Flanagan, our uh, Marvel professor. How you doing, mine? Hi, guys. I'm fine. Thanks. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Love You're very welcome. Very welcome. Nice. No, great to have you back. We had great feedback from the last episode that you was on. And oh, uh, specifically, we had people asking to hear more of you, hence why you're here. Great. Um, I'm, I'm really pleased they liked it. And uh, yeah, I hope we don't um, put people off this time. <laughs> Andy, I can't hear you. So. I stepped on my remote. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when did I, when did I cut out? <laughs> Just as soon uh, as I stopped talking. Yeah. Okay. I can, okay. I, I can edit it out. So no, don't edit it. Out. Leave it in there. It shows we're okay. human. Um, <laughs> um, so just a really quick recap on uh, last week's episode. We had Monty Harry on, and we spoke about Secret Invasion. We um, went delved into the uh, comic, the comic story a little bit. We spoke about the story arc in there. We spoke about some of the characters. We spoke about how it was going to link, or how we thought it was going to link up with the Disney Plus show later this year the other influences like the cartoons earth mighty's heroes avengers assembled and just how we thought that this that the secret invasion storyline might link up in the mcu and it was a it was a good episode it was a really good chat it was nice to chat about one subject that we don't really know much about but we've got a whole lot of history about and just really speculate so if you haven't listened to that episode yet go back last week's episode and catch up on that one so we're going to hit off today's podcast with uh, a bit of a bit of a news recap. We've had uh, a few weeks where we've not gone through much news. We're going to get to talking to Martin in a little while, and we've got a couple of bits we're going to probe him for. But uh, feel free to jump in, Martin, in this news section if there's anything that really jumps out at you and you want to mention. But um, other than that, Jarian, it's over to you for for some news. Yeah, it seems like uh, Wakanda Forever has been very uh, newsworthy this week. A lot of stuff coming out. Uh, the first thing coming out is uh, Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri, uh, is back on set, and Wakanda Forever is starting to film again. So that's good news there. Um, other piece of news there about casting is that Winston Duke, who plays M'Baku, um, has gotten a hefty raise, has been reported, and he's gotten an expanded role in Wakanda forever. So interesting to see where that story goes in that sequel. Um, another rumor uh, has started as well about the series is that Dr. Doom is going to kind of be the antagonist that kind of gets Atlantis and Wakanda going at each other behind the scenes. Now, I don't know how big of a role he'll have, but that rumor um, is starting out there and maybe he'll be like an end credit scene. They'll finally show him, but uh, Lake Bell has been shown on set um, in an outfit in set photos that look like uh, Lucia von Bardis, who is like oh. the prime minister of, of Latvia and, um, you know, it re reports the doom and works with doom and that kind of stuff. So maybe she's kind of the one that we see in the film and maybe we see uh, doom get introduced in an end credit scene, kind of like Thanos, you know, if I'll do it myself type of thing. Mm. Um, 
the last bit of news about Wakanda Forever is that just like how Civil War was a setup film for uh, Black Panther and then going into the Black Panther movie, Wakanda Forever will be the setup film for Namor. Um, and that will lead into a spin of Namor appearances. And Rumored One is its own film where we're going to explore Atlantis, similar to Black Panther, where we explore Wakanda. So that's all the Black Panther news out there. Uh, nice. Uh, just, just, just there on, just there on uh, Namor. It's funny. I was never really uh, not very knowledgeable about him until he started to seem like he was going to appear in in the MCU. And I, I didn't go looking for this information, but it must be one of those things like, you know, the sort of law of attraction type thing. He's then in my mind and then I'm seeing him everywhere. I'm looking, I'm reading comments. I'm like, I didn't even realize he was in this and he was just showing up everywhere. And uh, so I guess that's, I guess that's where they're going with it. Yeah. And then uh, Alex had that post, I believe in the group about uh, his foot wings. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know do we include those? You know, go it, ahead, Alex. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, it just seems like kind of, not modern for the MCU, you know, with how they've modernized a lot of characters and stuff like that. But I mean, he is a mutant, so like yep. he can fly. So that's kind of like also the little thing. So like, do you actually give him those or not? But... Does he fly via his foot wings? <laughs> they don't seem like they've got yeah. enough. Yeah, it's, right, it's, 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 it's like one of those things where I think it's just kind of like it's it's not really like, yeah, it's like more of like one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, he flies, but that really makes no sense how that would make him fly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's like, oh yeah, he's got wings too, you know? So, <laughs> so he, he can fly because he's got wings. They might yeah. only be yeah. three centimeters long, but that's why he can fly. Right. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Go on, Joey and carry on. But yeah, but yeah, but good to see Wakanda Forever is back filming and it's supposed to be out later this year. Um, it's probably going to be a tight timeline. Uh, but so was No Way Home, so I'm sure they can pull it off. Um, but uh, but glad to see everything's worked out with Letitia Wright. She's back on set after her injuries, and they're able to get her back in the country to continue filming in Georgia. So that's all about Wakanda forever. Um, the next bit of news is going to be the Disney Plus shows. So we did get a teaser for Moon Knight that showed a little bit more. We actually saw Ethan Hark's character. We don't know who's playing yet. Some think it's Sun God, but we'll see. Um, but, uh, the, the trailer is coming tonight. So during the, uh, wildcard, uh, wildcard playoff game of Kansas city in Pittsburgh, they're going to show a new trailer for it and potentially give us a release date. Um, right now the rumored release date is March 30th, uh, for moon Knight, with uh, she Hulk, um, to come right after, um, miss Marvel to come later this summer. Um, and in the, um, the lineup that Disney or Marvel Japan website has is that it also shows us that I am Groot is coming this year. Uh, secret invasion is coming later this year. And what if season two? Um, so it looks like we're going to have six Disney plus, um, con you know, content this year shows of content this year on, on Disney plus. Um, now also too, is that moon Knight did go through some reshoots. Um, so it looks like those are done. Those are wrapped up. Um, but also, too, that uh, She-Hulk went through some reshoots as well. And the rumors are that it's to fix some continuity and some pacing of the show. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that happens. And Miss Marvel went through reshoots as well. Um, and speaking of reshoots, uh, one more thing is that uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness reshoots have wrapped as well. So it seems like Marvel has been very busy with these projects um, and getting some things fixed up and, 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 and so forth. 
Why Martin might be able to shed a bit more light on this with a little bit more understanding of the film industry from his background. But why do you think there's been so many reshoots this time around? It's, I mean, I know there's a lot of shows, so obviously more shows will mean more reshoots just just because of you know law of averages. But there seems to be like everything's had reshoots, like absolutely everything. And that, I'm pretty sure that's normal. But it seems like there's been a lot of this. Martin, what do you would have you got any sort of knowledge on that? It is normal. I think most productions, you know, you're gonna big productions as well. You're gonna get you're gonna get reshoots for some very sort of prosaic reasons. I, I, you know, every time we look at Marvel um, MCU sort of text, I always kind of go through the prism of it being so planned, and um, you don't seem to sit well with that kind of planned idea. They sort of seem like they might be, but I actually think that maybe there are more reshoots because. You know, stuff is bubbling along all the time. You've got several, you know, as Jarry mentions, you've got a lot of projects in parallel. If you think about how much time it took to animate something like the first season of What If, I think I read somewhere that the timeline that people expected that show to have taken in terms of its production was probably from around the time of Infinity War coming out. Um, So a lot is bubbling along all the time. And so, you know, I'd be tempted to sort of think that reshoots might be promising you know, uh, cameos that have only just been grasped that could be done, or reveals, you know, reveals of things. I mean, um, or they could be those very normal prosaic reshoots where, you know, there was some continuity error or or the editors didn't have enough, uh, you know, sort of shots and angles to choose from. So I think it's probably a bit of a balance of those. But yeah, I think there's always a chance that it could be something that's, you know, there's big teams even just writing these films and kind of steering them through. And they must all be talking. I I can only assume now they're all talking to each other. Yeah. And of course, Dolph Lundgren and David Hasselhoff weren't available when they originally shot uh, Multiverse of Madness, so they had to squeeze them in this month. You know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm going to take a wild, I'm going to take a wild guess here and say that I think that with uh, Multiverse of Madness, I think the popularity of No Way Home and the multiverse, um, and the idea that Luke had about throwing the kitchen sink in, I think that kind of resonated there, and I wonder if if they're adding more. For that multiverse tie-in to have more people more cameos mm-hmm. i think if, if there's ever going to be an opportunity this is going to be it yeah no it, i mean it's in the title isn't it multiverse of madness this whole thing is mad let's let's just see what happens let's chuck what well, i say chuck the kitchen sink at it and see what goes on i yeah. I, I also think it would be really interesting too because now that we've seen like sylvie and loki not really like she lost her universe to see more characters who don't have their universes pop up oh, yeah. in the future you know that because everything's so intertwined so be interesting to see how that plays out in the future especially yeah, if nice. they do something like secret wars yeah 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 excellent excellent what else we got jarim that's pretty much it for news but speaking of secret wars it does seem like that's the plan to tie up the multiverse and i know the russos have mentioned interest in doing it and i know the bumpy road there with uh scarlett johansson's uh contract issue but now it's fixed um Hopefully they do get the Russo brothers back, and hopefully that uh, you know we get um, the huge battle um, in a Secret Wars movie. Get the Beyonder, hopefully, um, you know, just get all kinds of characters, and it's probably going to be their way to reset the MCU. You know, I think I'll say in the group with with a theory on that that they're going to basically kill off old characters that they don't want to continue with, um, and then bring in new characters to, for castings for those characters, but also too refresh the characters from other properties they haven't used yet or they want to kill off to introduce new actors for those characters mm-hmm. yeah do you think um do you think if they went down the, the secret wars route which we think they will 
Do you, do you think it would be multiple movies? Do you think they can wrap that up in one movie or do you think there'll be a two-parter, maybe even a three-parter? It's going to have to be probably a two-part film because I, I could see on the that size was. of Infinity War in-game, if not that's larger. What, yeah, that's what yeah. I was saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd be interesting. And and it would also be really interesting, too, if they used somebody like Kang in that and they had like Kang like as the villain with Ramatut and like another variant of himself. Like, you know, it's like, how do you make it bigger and badder than Thanos? Oh, you make three villains who are, you know, variants of the same one. Yeah, I, I could definitely see if they don't bring in Beyonder that they go with a m- multiples of Kang variants as villains in this film. Yeah, Like he's the antagonist. Do you think? Do you think that they would steer clear of the, the 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 sort of God Doom idea, um, and him having, you know, total control, or do you think they would go down that route of having Doom as involved? I think it depends. I think it depends on how. Sorry, just 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 to, just to just to interfere there. Obviously, I was going along the lines that we was going with talking about the the uh, two thousand and fifteen. Secret Wars was it? Yeah, I was a bit confused for, for a minute there. I always go to 984. Always go to 984. And I was yeah. like, oh, these guys are making that 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 kind of humble twelve issue series sound much more complicated than it is. Or a combination of both. It, it could be. They could pull for multiple. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on what they do with Doom and how the route of the Doom takes. But if you're interested to see, you know, God Doom, and maybe that's going to explain for the head of uh, of nowhere. <laughs> Mm. Or you, you could even take, like, you know, the Doom, Doom takes, like, the Beyonder's power at one point, and basically just, he wants the Beyonder's power. You could totally have him in that role where he's like, oh, look, Kang in the, the TVA, like, I want some of that power, you know, like, so maybe he could go after something like that in mm. replacement of the Beyonder's power. Yeah, and I think that would that would bring those two stories, those two versions of Secret Wars together quite nicely i think using using doom using maybe something to do with the celestials potentially using kang you know there, there there's the pre- replacing of the beyonder replacing of molecule man um do you know what i mean it, they, they're kind of combining a few uh characters in those two stories and and using different characters to 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 tell that story as a whole you know this is a slight problem, isn't it, for them going forward? Now they've really established the, the Celestials, who you know we already had seen, but they've really established the, the Celestials' role. But you've also got Kang, who can has been sort of uh, mentioned as someone who's a a stopgap to make sure reality doesn't kind of fall apart. You know, he's been doing this job, this sort of mission. Um, we're also aware of the multiverse. You know, it, I do wonder if there'll be a kind of... Uh, I'm really enjoying multiversal stuff in the MCU. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And doesn't seem to be kind of, you know, weighing viewers down with kind of continuity burdens that they can't handle. I think once everybody... You know, I kind of think in a way, um, actually Spider-Man into the, into the Spider-Verse kind of played a good role there because it kind of was a, was a nice snappy kind of thing. Maybe even mentioned this last time, but a nice snappy introduction to the concept. Um, but... It's like if you look up for just Marvel Universe comics, you look up any kind of hierarchy of the cosmic beings and the kind of reality-altering beings, it's crazy. You know, there's like this huge kind of hierarchy of... There's always somebody I've never heard of when I look at it, and I think of myself as sort of fairly well-versed. So I think they're going to be careful not to let it get like that. And if and if they kind of... I think people will accept this part of the universe or this timeline is kind of 
ruled by the Celestials or kind of at fate is decided by the Celestials. And over in this kind of corner of the multiverse, it's Kang. And you don't always have to explain those things. That's one of the few things I can see being a bit, you know, sort of a jeopardy um, that people kind of go, but I thought that he controlled reality, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I can imagine writers tying themselves in complete knots to try and solve all of those. So I hope they kind of credit, you know, I watched rewatched Eternals uh, in the last few days and it, it kind of plays quite well when you just accept that you're not going to be looking out for connections to everything else all the time. Mm-hmm. I think we have to remember that there was a time when there was only two MCU movies, you know, Iron Man and an Incredible Hulk. And uh, and we appreciated that kind of connection at the end. So as long as, as long as they remember that, I think viewers will accept that things have different feels, shows have different feels, and they can operate in different rules, different kind of reality rules and things like that. You know, don't throw throw that away completely and don't try and make everything conform. Then I think we'll just continue to, it'll just continue to be fun, basically. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. Just, go right. on, Joe. No, go I'll for say, it. I'll say, I, 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 I agree with you too. I think they might use the multiverse for different things, like maybe the Living Tribunal in one multiverse. We've already seen the Watcher in the What If kind of type universe. Are we going to see that kind of come over? Um, in the main universe, we have Celestials and we've seen a few Elders. You know, are they going to expand on that and see more elders? Um, mm-hmm. What other celestials are we going to see as well? So I, I, I do completely agree with you thinking that, or with you about the multiverse and maybe having them, people in different multiverses and not all of them in the same universe. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I like what you said there as well about um, relieving people of the burden of worrying about continuity. I mean, that was a really, I think there, there, there's that, there's always that argument and uh, <laughs> Jorian likes this one, the canon argument. What's canon? What's not? What's, you know, <laughs> look at his face there. Loves it. Um, but, you know, uh, but, and also about that continuity and, yeah, an argument that, um, I, I understand why the argument's there. I really do. But I'm just, I just kind of go, let it go. Just let it go. Yeah. And it's, and now what it is, is, how did Steve Rogers get away with doing what he did in Endgame? And I'm just like, just let it go. Don't worry yeah. about it. You know, yeah. I get, I love, I love the fact that people um, theorize about it. I do. I think that's yeah. great, and, and and that's what's interesting, you know. And um, uh, just digressing ever so slightly. So um, I don't I, actually. I, I think Joan, you're a bit of a, a football or a soccer fan, aren't you? Yeah, so obviously over here now in, in the UK, they've just brought in uh, VAR over the last couple of seasons, so video assistant referees, and it basically just takes out absolutely, it, well, actually it doesn't, it puts in a lot more doubt, but in a, in many instances, yeah, it actually takes out all kind of doubt at all, like it, it a- analyses it, like, right, finally, and it, you've almost got nothing to complain about after that. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty. There is plenty to complain about with VAR still. But if it's offside, it's offside. Like if they call it offside and they go VAR's told it's offside, it is. And it's so now relating that back to the MCU, it's almost like look, just don't worry about it. Stop trying to find a definitive answer. Like just and like what Martin said, just enjoy it. Yeah, and I think I think people are showing the signs. That, I think audiences are showing the signs they can. And you know, when you when you get a nice, uh, crisp explanation of something like it was in. You know, into the into the Spider Verse, people can sort of take that away and kind of go, "Oh, right." So I see, kind of, I, I kind of, I have a concept of canon, which, by the way, I'm a big, big person for canon as well. I, you know, it really bothers me sort of stuff about canon, and I and I take it very seriously. But somebody explains to you it's canon for them if they experience it in that kind of reality. Um, you know, it's it's 
perfectly acceptable. And I think, you know, maybe we'll get on to talk about this later when talk about the recent TV shows, but, you know, they've all got such different feels as well. Like nobody would sort of say, if if, if you're going to think about the Celestials all the time and the Living Tribunal, would you want the kind of, I'm not going to say ultra-realistic because I'm a film studies lecturer and that would sound like <laughs> I was saying something like kind of that's not really true of something like, you know, Hawkeye, but Hawkeye or the Netflix shows, would you want to lose that kind of realist feel, that sort of rel relatively realist feel? And, uh, you know, but maybe maybe that can come back later. But, yeah, I, I think uh, I think audiences, you know, don't always get enough credit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um well, it started off as news, <laughs> but that's what this—that's what we always do every week. We do that, um, but uh, we've wrapped up news there, though, Jorian. Yeah, because then we can start probing into mind's mind a little bit more. Yeah. Yep, all good there with news. Um, so hopefully we'll find out a date tonight with that trailer. But yeah, stay tuned because it seems like lately things are the wheels are in motion. So lovely yeah and 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 as we said a couple of weeks ago they've got to start they've got to announce something soon because we're all sitting here going well hold on the next thing that's happening is multiverse of madness in may so <laughs> give us something come on <laughs> um, yeah one, one last thing real quick too so go for it. Yeah, go for it. by now disney gives all of the news people their like 22 slate of things or their, their yearly slate of things and so far what i've seen from all the the, the regulars i follow for new stuff and info and they keep mentioning that the 2022 new slate, they haven't gotten it yet. So oh. I wonder what tonight's trailer, maybe Marvel will give it to them. Maybe they're still shuffling on dates. I, I know some have said that Marvel does not want us to be too firm on announcing dates right now because in case things get moved around, they don't want to have to go through that whole juggling and, and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. So they're being more fluid with that. So that can also be why, too, they haven't had their full year slate yet. But that Japanese uh, Marvel site did you know kind of let things be known but they no no firm no dates but what's coming this year cool cool um excellent well you know so we've got you back on martin to uh to, to probe your mind and just to see what your thoughts have been we you know we spoke to you well it's got to be four months ago now five months mm. ago sort of uh middle to end of last year and um yeah, a lot's happened since then. We've had lots of shows. Mm. We've had, you know, a couple of movies. We've had a couple more shows and uh, big things happening, like in No Way Home and The Eternals, these huge mm. events and huge people coming in and entities. And, and then all, the, and, and for want of better words, all the way down and similar to what you were saying, back down to mm. this kind of realistic, gritty Hawkeye world, um, introducing characters from that we recognize from other shows that we thought weren't canon and maybe are and who are these people so what you know just generally speaking how have you felt about what's happened in the mcu over the last sort of six months or so um i think i spoke to you i can't remember if shang chi had already been out but um i spoke to you around the time that, that was out and i'm right. not sure that we discussed it which is making me think that you know either i hadn't seen it or we were, it was embargoed a bit for spoilers or something like that but I think it's been a good few months. I mean, it's kind of astonishing now that you get so um, so used to this kind of co constant rolling uh, production line that you find yourself, you know, Andy said before, you know, like, No Way Home's gone now, so we're sort of saying, what's next? And it's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, if there was a, a hint of um, Spider-Man media version you know, you'd probably, you'd probably read a headline about that and then 10 years later it would materialise and we'll be rubbish anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, we're incredibly spoiled now. Um, you know, like to go from show to show, I mean, just, you know, take the films out of last year. I was th thinking about this myself. 
you know the um the four the four live action series and then the what if series mm. um yep. just incredible and then when jarian said you know maybe six series for the next year i mean if they all have six episodes that's nearly a, an episode a week you know it's like 36 episodes across a year and maybe some will have seven or eight episodes so i mean it's uh we're incredible you know we are incredibly spoiled while the while the standard is still pretty good i think we're very spoiled obviously that could change if the standard the standard slipped so i um, i enjoyed shang chi um i think it it you know it felt like it had less reverberations for the kind of the already in play characters and the already in play universe but then it promised kind of more stuff and i think i took it as a as a as a fun kind of um adventure piece with some good new characters some welcome very very minor characters coming back like trevor um and uh you know it it, it sort of um yeah it was a nice palate cleanser really after after um after the kind of chaos of the tv the first few tv shows you know like in a good way the kind of the the sort of the big moments and um it's funny like i, I can tell from i turned off i think i told andy that you know i knew i wasn't going to see spider-man no way home until january at the at best because of circumstances and um so i turned everything down i turned every facebook group off you know like <laughs> no stuff no no your group no anything no anything that could have could have spoiled anything I pretty much got away with it as well, although I was sat in a pub the day before I did get to see Spider-Man No Way Home and some fairly major spoilers came one from one table away. Um, but because of that, I've kind of noticed, and I've turned everything on again, I've kind of noticed that a lot of people have only just come to Eternals since its, its debut on Disney+. Plus. So that's something I'd be happy to talk about. It's very kind of fresh in my mind, and I also, I, I've, been, I've been kind of clocking what the reception of that has been like. You know, a lot of the groups I'm in are kind of, comic groups not just sort of comic book movie groups and there's been a lot of talk on the jack kirby groups and things like that very interesting you know um but i think it's been a good it's been a good few months i mean there's been there's been a bit of everything hasn't there you know i mean mm. um, it's kind of hard to believe that it's a year since we were um watching wandavision and kind of and kind of marveling at that first strange episode and kind of thinking is it just going to be this tv show within a show for the whole thing you know how's that going to work and um i suppose one of the themes they did introduce there was the the kind of cracking reality wasn't it you know like we've seen a lot of this year um when you get that first the camera pulls back and somebody's observing mm. them it turns out to be sort of that, that sort of version of sword um yeah and no way home was great i really enjoyed it um i think we just you know sometimes you just have to take stock of what you're actually seeing and not just want to look for the next thing absolutely it's really exciting to know that multiverse and madness is coming but and i'm very excited about sam raimi's involvement in that as well by the way I and mean, i think that's such a kind of good move for every every party concerned you know but there was so much amazing stuff in no way home that if you if you don't sort of sit and sort of wallow in it for a bit you know you kind of the, 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 again there would have been a time when nobody would have would have thought that uh, Marvel Studios could make a Spider-Man film, never mind kind of integrate all these different versions of Spider-Man, um, integrate characters from the rest of the MCU and and kind of reference characters that are now beloved from animated, you know, an animated version like referencing Miles. So it's, um, well, yeah, there's lots of great promise for the future, isn't there? And I, I particularly enjoyed the sort of, the way that the Disney Plus shows have sort of felt like their own thing. I don't mean in a kind of continuity sense and in a multiverse sense. I mean, each one has had a distinct feel. 
and I think they've really given the you know the head to the to those directors on those on those series and kind of gone this is your you know you create your own feel you know you're in charge of this and um I think all the shows have been pretty fantastic you know I think I mentioned back in September that you know Loki I'd worried about Loki a little bit at one point and then it kind of turned it around well I, I re-watched Loki after we did that episode and I think Loki is just absolutely superb so you know it's um it's great to see that kind of experiment I suppose on Disney plus promise so much now I think I'd be willing to stick my neck out and say I think we might get some of the best stuff on Disney plus in the next mm. two years I agree with you I, yeah. I do agree. I think we all feel the same, actually, to be totally honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we'll come on to talking about um, Disney Plus and weekly shows compared to feature films in a moment, because yeah. it's something I want to probe away at you for. But uh, you mentioned the themes about the shows and uh, and things like that. And one of our one of our group members, Tim, he uh, he popped a post on. Oh, I've lost it now. That's typical. We popped a post on our page the other week, um, and it was about if you could use one word to describe this phase so far what would it be uh, you know there was a few words that come up um uh, am- <laughs> ambitious transition from jarian um mm. we had um what else did we have building by uh by lawrence um we had uh, expansion by our very own rmc uh pain by mark relliford who's been on the show mm. before as well you know my 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 um thing me and Alex were discussing it a little while ago and I think that identity has played a huge part in this phase so far the identity of the characters themselves of mm. who who they think they are who other people think they are yeah um, and who um, we perceive them to be I, and I seem to have seen this this theme there obviously has been each show has had its feel as you quite yeah. rightly put but I think each show has had that kind of so, so Wonder Vision. Who is Wonder without Vision? Mm-hmm. You know, who is Wonder now that she's out on her own? Who is who is Loki? You know, he, we thought we thought we knew who Loki was, and then he's gone on this this alternative mission, yeah. and he's this 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 different person. He's he's now gone. You know, we thought this was Loki, but actually now this is Loki. You know, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, both Sam and um, Bucky had identity issues they were all based around steve so who are each of those but are can they be their own person can sam be captain america you know when captain america already existed can bucky be somebody without captain america who is he and it goes on we can carry on going on like this even john walker had identity issues too you know like he just thought he was captain america you know like and we'll see roadie too when you know um armor wars comes out without tony you know, so he'll go through that same thing also. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess all of those words that people were using, you know, building and, and pain and all of these things, they're all true. But um, I think this overarching feeling for, for me in particular was was this 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 question of identity. And I don't know if you'd noticed that or if you'd you'd felt the same. And, and I, I don't know what you what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's very, very insightful. I mean, um, I think just as you were talking about that, that it made me think of Again, I, I can't help but kind of go back to, to to being a kid and reading some of these comics or having these these seventies comics in my hands. And like, if if somebody had told you then that Loki would be the guy who wanted to save the timeline, and Icarus would be the guy that wanted to kill the rest of the Eternals, um, but you know, it's all been explained so well in kind of good writing that you kind of you kind of accept it. And by the way, I liked what they did with Icarus in the film. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think you know I've written about superheroes and kind of identity. It's a bit of a staple. So I mean, it's most basic sense is a bit of a staple of superheroes in the sense that you know people are choosing to be uh, maybe better than they than they were, or they're kind of choosing a choosing a um, you know an identity to sort of to sort of uh, do superhero stuff and to fight in, or they're or they you know it's that kind of probably the most basic trope is the kind of Oedipal identity thing. You know, the Spider-Man's lost Uncle Ben. So, you know, who is he going to be? You know, remember the last line of the first Raimi film is I am Spider-Man. And the last line of, of Iron Man is I am Iron Man. So, you know, you've got this kind of <laughs> level on which it's it, it's kind of um, always stated in these films that there's that kind of part of the superhero struggling for identity. And it's often, you know, the, the kind of Oedipal finding the, the heroic stuff within that helps you sort of, you know, sort of beat the, the villain. Um, I do agree, though, that since we've gone into this kind of phase, it's a pretty good watchword for this phase. Um, you know, variants might be another, might be another kind of good watchword, you know, but th that just comes back to identity anyway. So I think, you're, I think you're right. I think I wonder if one of the reasons is the kind of the world moving on and we've got a lot of, you know, let, you know, there's, there's a kind of a whole bunch of legacy heroes and kind of new mantle heroes now for very good reasons, very good real world reasons. Some comic fans don't like that, as we know. Some comic fans have fully embraced it. I think MCU watchers and kind of TV and film fans have in the main embraced that stuff. So that means that we have a situation where maybe Captain America shouldn't be Steve anymore or just not Steve for a while. And we have a we have a situation where, you know, maybe John Walker can you know what a great type what a great minor character by the way from last year you know a character who we've hardly seen who you can still you can still sort of think about a lot and kind of imagine doing some great things so you know um maybe john walker can become a hero um and you know captain marvel not being a you know not being a man as she was when i was growing up and so on things like that. so i think there's i think there's been a certain kind of revolving of kind of people kind of people that become superheroes and i think that's very right and fitting and so i think that's kind of led to one one kind of layer of the identity stuff um and i think maybe some of it is just to do with you know marvel has started to entrust some of these properties to directors who have already proven that they can do mature interesting filmmaking and um you know Again, thinking of Eternals, there were a lot of moments in that where they really tried to explore, you know, for better or for worse, I know not everybody loves that film, but they really tried to explore, you know, families can be torn apart and then people can go with the person who appears to be doing doing bad rather than stay with the ones who are doing good, depending on your perspective. And some people can, some people can see the overall mission as worth it, even if they end up going against their family or their members of their team and so on and um yeah i think there's some sort of mature working through some of these things now and and you know enough time has been spent on some of these characters not all of them but some of these characters have got enough time behind them that you can kind of go well okay i've seen a lot of loki i've seen loki's had a lot of screen time i can buy that he would go through this transformation and maybe that one person would have such an impact on him and it's maybe a bit harder to see that with Icarus and the Eternals because he's new to people. So I would sort of explain to people who don't know 
Eternals and Icarus's kind of change. And I'll just sort of say, just imagine Superman had, you know, had this kind of existential, you know, problem, and and um, you know, what would what would he do? So, so, so in terms of purposes, he is that he is that kind of character. Um, but I think it's no, I think it's a really insightful comment, and and I think um, I think they're trying to take it to a level past where it's just that kind of basic superhero makes choices, you know, sort of superhero decides to be, you know, superhero potential person decides to be superhero for, for good or bad. You know, we're seeing a lot of um, shades of grey now, aren't we? Mm. Yeah, for sure. Do you, um, <laughs> you talked about uh, perception there and one of, one of my favourite shows at the moment, and I haven't actually seen all the latest episodes, he's uh, Cobra Kai. I don't oh, know if yeah, seen, yeah. I don't, have you seen it? I yeah. haven't, no, but I know the premise. Right. Okay. So yeah. I won't beat around the bush too much, but obviously, the, yeah. The, so you got the premises that he's Johnny, who's who's our quote unquote hero in Cobra Kai. He was the bully in in Karate Kid. There is a fantastic episode. I can't. It's in season two or three. I can't remember. But he's telling the story of what happened in the first Karate Kid to somebody, and he's going, "Oh yeah." So um, I was I went down onto the beach to see my girlfriend and there's this new guy like hitting on my girlfriend and then he breaks my radio and then and then he tries to sucker punch me and then yeah. when I was just I was sitting there you know going to the toilet and someone you know he sprayed me with water and then he got his karate master to beat me up and then he beat me with an illegal kick in the tournament and you're like actually yeah that all did happen and then obviously Daniel then says about the whole story from his perspective and he's the hero he's the hero in his own story isn't he and Johnny's the hero in his story Mm. And um, that's one of my favourite elements of of that show: the fact that everybody thinks that they're doing the right thing. And if you see the, the latest yeah. season, I'm only about four or five episodes in, but there's still the, there's this great sort of just twisting back and forward, back and forward. Like I'm, like, he's good and he's bad, but he's with the bad people. But he's doing it for the good reasons, and he's got he's totally got his mind. He's oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely love this kind of idea of good versus bad and this is the low-key thing isn't it it was is he good is he bad is he is he a bit of both you know mm. i really like that um you know, the, greatest, just... the greatest saga so far has been thanos the thanos saga and 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 you know re really if you take it as an overall thing and i mean you know there, there were lots of moments where you could see thanos's not humanity that would be the wrong word but you know you could see <laughs> that there was an there was an understandability of him um uh, barbara will love barbara. hearing that <laughs> yeah, far from a two-dimensional, far from a two-dimensional character by the end, and you didn't want him to win, but you know, you kind of you could see that there was a um, there was a cost to him not, you know, to him being killed and so on. So I mean, that's a that's a kind of a, a great testament again. But again, you know, I come back to sort of praising the audience. I think if people weren't subscribing to Disney Plus and kind of supporting these shows, if they weren't going to the box office, I know that Eternals was a small, you know, smaller than than we've got become used to for theatrical Marvel movies, but that you know marvel marvel would not kind of there might be a kind of rethink you know it might be like well maybe people want and i think the the multiverse is big enough that if we want a few simple superhero daring do type tales then kind of you know that can kind of that can kind of be provided without without all the complexity but i actually think that you know even with the youngest hero in the in the in the in the kind of in the universe in spider-man you know they can kind of one of the things I noticed about No Way Home was how how subtly they kind of have pushed the aging to the background, but yet it still happens. So you know you had a lot of explanation of the blip and the years it's taken from people in that kind of high school group, 
and then at the end of you know and he's he's only properly sorted out his relationship at the end of the second film and then at the end of the third film he's arrived in well what i'd say to be manhattan in his own place and you know he's he's sort of going to go to the next phase they've gone to university and so on and I, I thought that was a really a really well done kind of little background thing in that film because again i've written before about spider-man and the kind of the um the, the, the fact the character roles always has to be, you know, Marvel sort of sliding time, whatever you want to call it in the comics, where Spider-Man's been growing up into, what, maybe about 37 now or something over the last... For, for about years. 70 years. <laughs> um, you know, necessitating solutions like Miles coming along and things like that um, always has to happen with the character because you can't have him fight these um, aging problems without ever passing gates you know passing through gates and kind of getting a little bit older and i thought that they've acknowledged that you know well with with spider-man no way home and i think audiences can kind of can appreciate that you know i don't think they kind of just want you know if they want a fun a fun um a fun film where it's more full of adventure you know we already mentioned shang chi and and you know i didn't have many complaints on that kind of level with that film so yeah i i think um yeah it's 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 there's a lot to kind of get hold of and there's a lot going out there it still amazes me that there's any kind of coherence to this mm-hmm. to all this production going on really it's incredible you know? isn't it when you think there's yeah. so much going on <laughs> um so you, you, we, we've we sort of touched upon it a couple of times there this uh, and you, even you just said yourself uh, which i think i agree with and i saw both jari and alex both nodded along with do we think that the way forward to tell these stories or not maybe not necessarily the way forward but the better way to do it is to do it in this weekly fashion with shorter bursts mm-hmm. than a feature length movie do you what are the pros and cons of of having the weekly episodes compared to a, a two or three hour you know um feature length uh movie and and then uh, as, a, as a sort of part b <laughs> to that to that question looking at the, the the disney plus the streaming method is it a i mean i know it's horses for courses you know each to their own and all of that but is it a release every episode and binge watch or is it no actually week by week let's see this let's see this progress over the course of six seven eight nine ten however many weeks mm-hmm. so first part of the question is film versus shorter you know series and then series binge watching or weekly episodes i mean i i think um it's going to be interesting i mean the the that astonishing kind of uh promo that came out was it about october i know it was tied in with an anniversary that had all the first mm. real looks at miss marvel and moon knight and everything the kind of one that went out on disney plus the, two, the sort of 10 minute thing um it's you know the 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 sort of the differentiation between how the theatrical films are being sort of privileged and the TV shows is not is not like it was when, for instance, Agents of Shield came around and it was quite clear that with Agents of Shield you had a kind of you know which really had had its moments. I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. you know, I watched it till the end. You know, I was pleased when the last season came on. It's supposed to be we could finally watch the last season here because it had been it had been Andy will probably remember it had been a little bit sort of kicked around the TV schedules in the UK. Um, but it was very much a kind of, um, here is a here is a sort of pallid televisual attempt to replicate some of the stuff you're seeing in, you know, cinemas at a time when we still only got, you know, one, one Marvel movie every year, maybe two. 
Um, <clears throat> we've kind of gone way beyond that now, and I think I think the way Marvel Studios as, a, as an entity, as an identity of its own, is kind of is kind of um, holding the focus on the the movies and the Disney Plus shows is is kind of getting more and more equal. So I think there's a there's a real there's a real sign that they're kind of you know the, the plans that are in motion are there they're level they're sort of equal for both of those things now whether or not that makes kind of business sense i definitely am not privy enough to disney's kind of numbers to know but i mean if you try and find out about things like hbo max subscriptions to try and look at it from the other side of the kind of superhero coin um you know given what happened to the second wonder woman film i think hbo must have been happy enough with the amount of new subscribers or resubscribers it signed up with with the Wonder Woman film to kind of do the same technique with you know Suicide Squad and then the same technique with Matrix and so on. So I think there's there's probably enough people kind of putting dollars into subscriptions for HBO Max to justify you know taking some prized jewels of Warner Brothers last year of movies and kind of allowing them to kind of crawl into theaters really um, with some very low returns, particularly for the Matrix. So we can only sh only assume that 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 kind of side of the uh, economic formula is working for HBO Max. So I think it's I think it's probably working for Disney too. From what Which I've seen in the numbers, it does. There's like hundred. They've got yeah. hundred and twenty million subscriptions at seven dollars each, which works out as six hundred something million dollars a month. Exactly, <laughs> and the the there's that's plenty of budget to pay to pay for, um, and I think we might see that kind of that kind of uh, production value type aspect to this kind of equalize as well in the shows. And the, so if you think about, you know, I mentioned Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., when they wanted to do somebody who was really super on a, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., who could fly, for instance, like Graviton. Uh, was it Graviton? The yeah, guy that um, Adrian Pazdar became. You know, you, you, you sort of, you got maybe 90 seconds of them in special effects, you know. Uh -huh. um, and and that was a show with a decent budget that looked quite good and sort of had a good look to it. And, you know, we've we've... We've gone way beyond that with the kind of production value standard of particularly one division and um and Loki. So I think that I think that you know that success of, of the sort of Disney Plus model is going to start feeding through. Um in terms of watching, in terms of watching them, um I've done both this year. You know, I've watched I watched all of them weekly until it came time to not watch Hawkeye for reasons that were we wanted to save it for Christmas. And then I binge watched Hawkeye and actually it worked great, you know, binge watching Hawkeye. Um, but I think there is a it's nice to have that new episode every week. I mean, it's a nice, exciting feeling. And it's weird, isn't it? Because it's kind of reintroducing. And given that WandaVision was in many ways this love letter to old television for the first few episodes, it was this, you know, this real, you know, wasn't old television great? Isn't it worth worthy of having nostalgia about? It's really interesting that the weekly watching thing is such an old television, you know, kind of tactic. Um I'm going through the same, you know, I'm going through the same as probably everybody else with Boba Fett right now. And I've kind of become used to it. I've even not missed the fact that you don't seem to get two episodes when things kick off anymore. You know? <laughs> so I've got only, only getting one episode. Um, it's never going to make Disney Plus feel like a TV channel because that's like a totally different um, format, isn't it? You know, it's something, you know, our idea, Andy and I's idea of a TV station would probably be different from your guys' idea. Um, but it, does sort of make sense as a way to um, have those stories feel like they're kind of um, spooling out over time. You know, there's a very, you know, with the MCU, the building aspect that somebody, one, of your, one of your group members mentioned, 
there's this sort of feeling there's always something going on. So I think you can, you know, it sort of feels like you can handle that that weight. Also reminds me more of comics, you know. Yeah. It reminds me more of comics where you yes, it means a lot of it means a lot of cliffhangers, but you sort of know that there's more around the corner and that the eventual resolution is going to be worth it. And and actually mentioning Secret Wars, you know, I mean there weren't that many things between Secret Wars and Crisis on Infinite Earths. There were a few, but there weren't that many that were like defined. This is going to be told in twelve issues. You normally didn't know how many issues things were going to be told in until they actually ended, and you had the last issue in your in your hands. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, is it the way forward? I think uh, I think Marvel's putting a lot of energy into it, a really lot of energy, and um, the fact that we might we may. We seem to be seeing Captain America bounce from a Disney Plus show in, back into a theatrical. Makes me think that they are starting to not pay so much attention to the sort of venue in which the story is told. Mm. So, you know, um, you establish Sam as Captain America in a Disney Plus show, and then there's Captain America 4, and Sam is Captain America, we presume, for at least a, at least a large part of that. Um, and one more point on the Eternals, I think, you know, the Eternals has not had the box office that I think maybe a lot of people expect for Marvel movies. There's that very confident Eternals will return caption at the end of the film, which means that Feige liked Chloe Zhao's work on um, on Eternals, I think. And uh, I fully believe that Eternals will return, but there's no need for them to return in a Eternals 2, is there? You know, no. I mean, there's, 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 there's more than enough stuff going on that's going to be cosmic. Mm. Uh, yeah. in, in, into which they could play, into which they could easily play, and if there is going to, if if there needs to be a an Eternals Disney Plus series, Eternals you know focused Disney Plus series down the way, maybe people will like that more than another movie. I think you said that, didn't you, Jorian, about them coming into a series? Somebody said that. I'm sure I heard somebody say that they that they could bring Eternals into a series. I don't think I said that, but I would I'd like to see it. If they don't do a movie, I definitely want them to see a, to have a series on it because. They definitely left it open to where they're gonna. There's more story to tell, and the whole conversation in the group about Erishim and uh, what he was doing, you know, kept him in the dark. You know, what's true, what's not true. You know, where does this lead to? Where did he take them? The whole thing with Star Fox and Star Fox coming in with Pip. You know, it, it's kind of like where's this going? And did what Erishim tell them? Tell Cersei about them being the memory stored and that kind of stuff was a bullshit or is there is something else out there? So I want to see more Eternals. I want to know what, what the rest of this leads to. Yeah, well, me too. Uh, I think if, if you did it as a show, it'd also be easier. It's a pretty unwieldy group, and I can't help but think maybe that's why two characters got killed in the, in the movie, <laughs> because they suddenly went down from 10, 10 or so, maybe 9 or 10 um, core cast members to 8 or 7, uh, sort of 8. But if you did it as a show, it's much easier to have two or three of them go off at a time and deal with one yeah. thing. And, um, you know, I think that could work. You know, you that's how Avengers comics work. You know, it's its actually like, you know, it's only really in the sort of 2000s that it became every every issue was a kind of Brian Bendis style, you know, humdinger of a battle in the middle of Times Square where all the Avengers are fighting at once. You know, generally what it was was like Wonder Man and Beast would go off and, you know, have some kind of funny little quirky adventure. And then at the end of the issue, they'd come back and they'd all hang out in the mansion together. So, I mean, I think that kind of, again, it, there's, a quite, there's a quite a comicness about that. But I think it could work really well. And I think, you know, at, at, the, at the cost that Eternals presumably was, with the amount of money that's come back, 
I can't help but think they might be nervous about trying to relaunch that as another as another theatrical feature. But you now have those characters, you have the Celestials, you have, uh, as Jarian says, you know, you have um, Pip and Eros. And um, these people could all weave in and out of various things. You know, you now don't have to have all the Eternals be present at any one time. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've kind of officially separated, haven't they, so... And, I can almost see it like a... Uh, go ahead, Alex. Go ahead, I was just going to say, and you've still got, you know, Star-Lord was part Celestial, so, you know, like, you can always bring him back and somehow weave that, weave him into that whole mix and the Guardians of the Galaxy at some point, if you really ever wanted to, you know? Yeah. And I, I think they're going to have some feelings about the fact that Thanos' brother is showing up, by the way, aren't they, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Real, I mean, real quick, real quick, though. Uh, I was say... I can almost see it to where if they do a uh, eternal sequel that they can mix in with a guardians or an Avengers to kind of help draw those people in. And it's definitely going to yeah. have to be some kind of crossover film. If they do a, a sequel to Eternals. Yeah. Like you say, to draw, draw the people in that, that, that weren't watching it in the first place. Yeah. That's a, that's a good shout. That yeah. is a good shout. Um, Excellent. Well, you know, I mean, I think that there's lots of, lots of pros and cons, isn't there to, to, to a movie. I mean, I really like the, um, the act of going to the to the theater yeah. going to the cinema i really like the whole the whole process of it you know going there and getting your popcorn and sitting in the watching the trailers and yeah. you know uh, had that shared experience with with you know other people and i think it's there's a different feel to watching something at a cinema compared to watching it in your front room because you watch it in the front room and you can pause it you can pick up your phone yes, you can say oh well, somebody's knocked at the door or some you know when you're in a when you're in the theater that is it all that this matters is what's in front of you you know that's it i mean and even if it's a three-hour movie you will you will die before you have to go to the toilet <laughs> you know where um at home it's slightly, slightly different feel so i think there is still a place for um for theater for sure but yeah. uh yeah hopefully we'll be getting more and more uh elaborate stories on disney plus uh, you know with these budgets uh, like we said those numbers that we were talking about i mean it was 120 odd million subscribers and 660 million dollars a month i mean you know that's just a horrific amount of money absolutely horrific amount of money so you know hopefully they can keep producing these things for uh for a while but um one thing real quick too about movies there's no way that you could install no way home on disney plus to come out or on some other streaming platform all this thing all the reactions when you saw no way home with what they revealed and everything like that so there was no way that could have been a streaming option along with no. the actual release no, that's yes, really it's true. interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, it's really unique. No way home, isn't it? I think we can all agree. No one's really done that that before to that level, um, and so was never. There was never a chance. I mean, I mean, you know, Marvel hasn't really debuted anything on Disney Plus that, that's a, that's a movie other than the sort of the um, was did Black Widow come out? Yeah, yeah, Black, Black Widow. Widow. Yeah. So it's Black Widow, which had already been quite compromised, hadn't it, by being sort of a year late and and you know it was real victim of the pandemic sort of thing. Um, you know, you could never have done that with with No Way Home, and there's something specific to that, and specific as Jarian says to the kind of the amount of surprises in it, to the reaction they were anticipating, which took it far from being just Spider Man movie, you know, Spider Man movie three of this latest wave of yeah. Spider Man movies, in a way that Wonder Woman two, and I'm not doing this to knock DC, a lot of people do think that I knock DC all the time, um, but you know, Wonder Woman two could never kind of quite. So I can see why that was a different proposition. Um, mm. I think the guy from Warner Brothers, you know, one of the top 
um, executives at Warner Brothers said something like, you know, um, our library is, you know, our movies are incredibly valuable, but they're not valuable if they're sitting on a, sh on a shelf and nobody's watching them. And I think that was, you know, they used that line when they were kind of announcing, you know, Matrix and June and all these things going to kind of come out as half streaming things. I think, th I think the way that Disney and Marvel has done it is, has been like, um, you know, the shows that are going on are almost like the weekly dose of Marvel. You know, they're the kind yeah. of, they're like the comic. You know, yeah. they're the, in Britain we used to have a kind of a anthology comic called uh, Mighty World of Marvel that came out every week that would have these chopped up, you know, six or ten page dollops of the American comics. So they kind of like that showcase thing. But then the movies absolutely have their have their place, and you know, for all the reasons you sort of say as well, Andy, as an experience, I've never ever want, I've never ever advocate losing movies. Just purely yeah. thinking on a narrative level, I think some of the some of the things, some of the characteristics of something like Eternals would work well in a in a series. But I mean, yeah, again, sure. I feel very spoiled that we can be talking about having both. <laughs> we are we are certainly spoiled, yeah. aren't we? Certainly spoiled. Um, brilliant. So let's wrap this up then, fellas. So. Uh, Fantastic, Martin. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you oh, back thank on. You. Um, just great, insightful knowledge from somebody who is clearly a uh, you know passionate about the medium itself and about the the, the history, and 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 be just uh, again just full of full of knowledge and, and ideas and thoughts. And I, I love the way you think. I love the way that everything's a, everything's a possibility with you. So um, yeah, it's great. To <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, in a nice way, I feel, I feel more like more of a fan when I come on, uh, come on this because I, 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 you know, I sort of, um, I, my students know how much I love Marvel. So there's no <laughs> hiding it. But I can't be quite as positive about Marvel all the time there as I am here. No, so. no, that's it. Here you can just fanboy out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice to have yeah. this as an outlet. So yeah, thanks for that's asking me back. No problem, mate. No problem. Jari and Alex, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys for uh, for coming on as always. And uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll catch everybody next week. So thanks very much for listening. See you again. Bye. Why don't you tell them about the time we faced?